Hello and welcome to episode six of Button Key Games Cast. I'm Jordan and this is Evan, and we're here to uh, have some brews and talk about some gaming news. You like that rhyme there? Uh, I do like the rhyme. Are you going to make that an every week thing? Just rhyming on the way in? I don't know. I don't know. We're just going to. I'm going to just go with the flow because that's the kind of man that I am. We'll workshop it. We'll we'll send it off to marketing, see what they think, and then we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. Opening that beer there, huh? Yeah, I was having a little trouble, actually. That I don't have the the most normal of bottle openers. It's... I think the bottle opener on my keychain has dulled down, so now it takes me like four or five goes to get in any bottle. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, it's a thing. But what are you drinking this week? Um, I have another Devil's Backbone. However, this is one I have not had before. It is the Maybach Bach beer. What kind is that? It's a Devil's Backbone Maybach Bach beer. What do you mean? It doesn't tell you like what it like. It says bready, full, and multi notes. Bready. Yeah. Like a good bready beer. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to give some first impressions. Well, uh, I know I said I was done with the Christmas beer craze, but I dug into the refrigerator and found another six pack. Nice. Because uh, I have a problem, <laughs> and my problem is Christmas beers because they're delicious. Uh, this one's from Blue Mountain. Uh, it is the the lights out. It's got a reindeer with a chainsaw on the front. Oh, nice. Uh, Blue Mountain's one of my favorite breweries. Uh, they are a great location to go to. I've been there a few times. They're in the mountains. Hence oh, yeah? the name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're actually right by Devil's Backbone. Okay. They're like, uh, like maybe five minutes away. Um, but I've had lights out before. It's refreshing. It's delicious. I'm not going to go too deep into it. So they're, they're over in Lexington. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like at some point Christmas beers kind of get all a little bit samey. Yeah. So I'm happy that I've run out and then I have a chance to recuperate myself before next Christmas rolls around. Mm. Did you play games this week? I did. What I did. game did you play? Um, <clears throat> I spent a good uh, little bit of time with a game, a little game called Baba is You. Baba is You. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's a little switch title that, um, full disclosure, I did not pay for, and I got um, for free from developers. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's a it's a pretty cool little game. So it's a it's a puzzle game. Uh, I was actually strolling through Twitter and I d- I stumbled upon it. Yeah. Uh, and I brought it to your attention, and we were both interested in it. It is on the Switch and the PC. And I think Mac and Linux as well. Yeah. But it's it's like a top-down 2D puzzle game. Yep. Uh, and at its most basic description, it's about pushing things around. Uh, right. But the things you're pushing around are words. Yeah, and those words form rules. And the most important rule of the game, well, one of the mo- they're all important, really. But one of the most important rules is the rule that Baba is you. Uh, so, yeah, you're pushing around words. So you'll actually see words like Baba and words like is and words like you uh, all over the 
play area. Um, and you can push them around like they're physical objects. Yeah. So what you end up do doing is pretty much rewriting the rules of the level you're in. Um, so you could have a word that says wall is, uh, and if it says wall is stop, it means you can't go through that wall. Right. It's an actual physical object in the world that you can't go through. But if you move the word stop away from that sentence and it just says wall is, uh, it doesn't have any properties attached to it. So it's just another, like pretty much a background element of the level and you can go through the wall. Uh, and then the goals also change uh, by the word win. So a lot of the times it'll say flag is win, which means you need to get Baba, which is you, to flag, which is win. Right. And then you, and then you complete the level. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. Because like, there are times, like there's this one level I played specifically that I remember where the flag is inside a wall. Four walls, there's no way in. And and the rule wall is stop is tucked in a corner where you can't change it or move mm. it. Um, so you cannot get to the flag. Like there's absolutely no way. So the way that like you had to win the level, if I remember correctly, there's a rock. And there was a relatively this is a relatively simplified way of how it worked, because it was it, it, it was relatively difficult to maneuver everything in a way where you didn't erase yourself. Um, cause if you knock the word you off the phrase, Baba is you, then you no longer exist and you can't win. Um, so you have to kind of work around that, but basically the solution to the puzzle was to make, instead of flag is win, it had to be rock is win. And then mm. you just hit the rock and you win. Um, and you know, stuff like that. And there's one where it's like, there's a heart and the heart is love. So the, the rule was like, love is tele telly. And so like when you when you hit if you take Baba and you go onto the heart, you would teleport to the other heart because there's mm. two of them. So you would teleport. And then like you had to like teleport the win word because it's like trapped somewhere you can't get to. And you had to like teleport it out of there by using other blocks to push the teleporter block into the text word. That's it crazy. was a it gets to be a lot. That game really will test your intelligence. So I think um, one of the I think one of the coolest parts for me is you can actually change who you is. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can make it rock as you. Yeah, so if you can yeah. figure out a way to move the word you or the word Baba away without completely destroying the sentence. So you can't make it Baba is blank or you can't make it is you or blank is you. Right. But if you replace Baba with rock, so if you push rock into Baba, it shoves it down, and then it says rock is you, so then you become the rock. Yeah, and if there's three rocks, you're all three at the same time. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a, it, it's such a genius idea. It looks really good. It's very logical, um, for sure, but man, man, it makes you think. Um, the levels are very brilliantly designed. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool game, but I've, I've, sat, on, I've sat on levels for, like a good while um, i think from what i'm seeing it's like 50 to credits like 200 to completion uh for the amount of levels in that game there's 200 so, bonus levels is that what you're I think telling there's me? 200 levels like all together okay is the number i'm seeing that's you're right because you don't have to beat every level to pass yeah. on to the next world that is true yeah okay that makes sense um but i i think the hand-drawn design of that world is just like striking to see in such a simple way 
Uh, I feel like me, who is a terrible artist, could draw the stuff in that game. And that is not a negative. That's not knocking that art style. I think it's beautiful uh, in its simplicity. And everything has like about four separate frames that it bounces between. So it gives everything this nice swaying motion while it bounces between its quote unquote animation frames. Uh, and it looks really cool. Everything has this kind of like swimmy type motion to it. And it's really fun to watch. Uh, kind of remake reminds me of like almost like nineties, very colorful backgrounds that had like two things in like slightly different positions and it would just flip back and forth and it looked like an animation. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. I, I can't wait to play more of that game. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's just so trippy, man. Yeah. When it's how, like, how long have you, how long have you, what's the longest you've been stuck on a level? Um, well, not like sitting in front of the screen the whole time, but like I've, I've had a time where I spent like maybe 30 to 40 minutes on it and couldn't beat it. So yeah. I went to bed and then woke up the next day and spent like 20 minutes on it. And then I went to work and then got home from work and, then spent like another 30 to 40 minutes on it and finally beat it, which is, and it's funny because every time it's like it, all of a sudden it just clicks and it's like, Oh, I know exactly what to do. Um, and it's like, how was I sitting here this long? But that game just does it to you, man. It's really cool. Uh, I think the best puzzles are the ones that kind of make you slap yourself in the forehead and say, Oh, duh. Because it's an obvious answer that you were just kind of working around way too much. Um, and it was it makes it so it's not obtuse. It's not like out of reach. It's an obvious thing that you just need to logic out. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think puzzle games can go too far out of their way to be obtuse. And this one just seems to know what it is and know what it's trying to do. Uh, and it does it and it succeeds and it's very original and very, very fresh in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's, I mean, Baba is you. I I mean, that's that I 100% recommend this game based on what I have played. Um, I hope to spend a lot more time with it. Um, it is absolutely worth $15, uh, which I believe is what it costs on both steam as well as, uh, the the eShop. What a great switch game. It is, man. It's a perfect switch game. Uh, and it's really Man, it something about this game. I I was getting on my computer playing Apex, and I was thinking about Baba as you, and that's saying something. Oh wow! Because I was that's like the reverse of how I usually do things. <laughs> I was like, man, I want, I want to, I want to beat that level. Yeah, and I believe this was made by one guy. I think I he had be... some. I think he had a little bit of help from yeah. uh, for porting, uh, but it was mostly one guy. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to to play more of that game. That game uh it kind of digs itself into your skull a little bit. Yeah. And you're kind of like I want to play I want to play some more Baba because yeah, it, I need to be I need to do this. Yeah. Uh and it's it's exciting cuz it kind of in the middle of a sea of huge like triple A games, like this rush of games I feel like has been going on for 2 months or so. Uh, it's so nice to play such a little game that has so much care crafted into it uh, and is is very good in its own right. But. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to completely, completely switch directions and tone. No pun intended. Switch. Yeah. Good one, Jordan. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna change directions and I'm gonna talk about a game that is very much AAA and it's called Devil May Cry Five. Uh, I talked about it a bit last week. I'd put uh, about four or five hours into it as of last week. Uh, I just beat it this morning because one of my cats decided to wake me up at five o'clock. Uh, so what else do you do when woken up at five o'clock but play video games? Um. I'm coming off a little softer on Devil May Cry than I thought I was going to. Uh, last week, I was very excited about it, very into it yeah. uh, and what that game was doing. Um, but I think I think the back half of that game really drops the ball in a lot of ways for me. Um, hmm. Let me I'll talk about the characters real quick. Uh, we talked about Dante last week. Uh, I played as V, who is instead of using a sword and guns and all that stuff, he's more of a summoner character. So he summons demons to fight for him, but he's still the one that takes the hits on the battlefield. So on your gun button, you have a Griffin that shoots. He's like a range character. And on your melee button for the other characters, you have a Panther who is your melee character. That's cool. Uh, And for your like devil trigger, you can call in another giant beast called nightmare who you don't directly control unless you hop on his back to do stuff this character i think works more in theory than it does in practice uh because i feel like there was this really big disconnect from the buttons that i was pushing at the time to the actions that the demons that i was controlling were taking so i would push the y button and then like nothing would happen. So I'd push the Y button again and then something would happen. Uh, and that's because the, the demons take up physical space. So they have to move from you and kind of move towards the enemy that you're around. So I was like, okay, maybe I have to be close in proximity as V to the enemies that I'm fighting. And it helped a little bit, but it still wasn't, wasn't, great and wasn't solid especially compared to what i was just playing as nero who was very much like you hit y and you hit a dude with a sword you hit x and you shoot a dude with a gun uh it's tight it feels good and this kind of felt the opposite of that so it led to button mashing so it was just like y y y y y hold y uh x x x hold x back in x and you kind of get to this like just switch back and forth between y and x and you would get like triple S ranks. You would, you would, the game said you were doing the best you could possibly do. Yeah. But it did, it didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like you earned it. Um, and that's kind of a problem to me. And then the third playable character is Dante. And Dante is his own problem because Dante is so deep as a character that it makes the other two characters look bad. Dante. Dante's thing is he switches weapons. So he has guns like Nero, but he can switch his guns. So he can switch to a shotgun. He can switch to a rocket launcher. He can switch to other stuff that's spoilery if I talk about it. Uh, And he can switch his melee weapons. So he gets uh, a normal sword like Nero, but he also gets gauntlets. So he can punch people and they catch on fire and they're really fun to use. And he gets a motorcycle that splits in two. So you're kind of dual wielding <laughs> motorcycle wheels 
and they're just super heavy so you're like throwing them and they'll sit in a dude for a second while the wheel is spinning and then you like slowly throw the other one and it's this very different style of combat so through combat you're just switching your weapons super fast and every weapon has the depth of one of Nero's weapons and every gun has the depth of uh one of Nero's guns so Dante feels like this character that has six times the combat possibilities that Nero or V has. And that's not even to mention that he brings his, uh, his stances back from Devil May Cry 3. So you have different stances that are good at different things. So you have Royal Guard, which gives you a block, and it's good at, good at countering and blocking. You have swords, uh, Swordmaster or whatever it is, which gives you extra uh, melee attacks. You have one of those for guns. You have one that's good at evading. So now this character is like 12 to 15 times as deep as Nero. So when you finish playing as Dante for a bit and you go back to play as Nero and you go back to play as V, you kind of feel empty. Uh, And it feels like you're not able to do as much and you it kind of feels easier because of that because it's a limited scope of weapons uh i think there's also a problem with some character or some enemy in boss design because some of them just have like flailing tendrils and they're really big and you kind of can't tell when they're attacking you or when they're just animating so i don't know when to block I don't know when to dodge. This thing's just flailing its little mouth tendrils all over the place. And sometimes it hits me and sometimes it's not, which leads to button mashing. Uh, And I think sometimes the combinations of enemies can be frustrating. So they'll give you enemies that are just like, they don't work well together to make combat feel nice. And it's not that it's difficult. It just makes me... It makes you feel bad at the game, but not just because you are playing poorly, but because there are some situations you're just like, I, I can't play stylishly for me to successfully complete this fight. Yeah. Uh, take all of these thoughts as a person who's okay at Devil May Cry and not the greatest, um, but this is just what I felt. Um, and then couple all that with the back half really being in the same type area that's all like super linear. It's all so linear, and coming off of Devil May Cry 1 and Devil May Cry 3, which both have Dark Souls-style worlds that are very big and very open, and from mission to mission, you can run back to the beginning of the game if you feel like it, and that's where the whole game takes place. You can go anywhere, and it it kind of feels limiting, and it 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 kind of sucks. Yeah. Because... Man, the beginning of this game was phenomenal. And playing as Dante is phenomenal. But Dante's only a third of the game. And he kind of he kinda pokes holes in the other two thirds of the game just by being so deep and so different. Um, I really wish I had higher praise for this game. I, I think it's good. It's a good game. Uh, if you're is it worth your Cry- $60? It's worth your $30. Uh, if you're a Devil May Cry fan, it's worth your $60, but Devil May Cry fans would have already paid that money, I assume. Um, but if you're if you're looking to get into Devil May Cry right now, I would highly, highly, highly recommend going and buying the $30 uh, remastered collection. 
which is Devil May Cry 1, 2, and 3. Completely skip 2, because it's a garbage game. Yeah. Uh, But 1 still holds up. There's some stuff with the camera that's a little wonky, but I played it for the first time not three months ago, and I loved it to death. And 3 is phenomenal. So if you haven't played Devil May Cry before, and Devil May Cry 5 looks interesting to you, I would highly recommend just going to pick up Devil May Cry 3, and that will probably interest you enough to play 5 in the future. But what about four? Uh, I haven't played four, so I can't speak to it. Uh, from what I hear, people say it's okay. It's good. Okay. Um, but three, three to me set this like ludicrously high bar. And Devil May Cry Five is great. It's fun. It's good. But there's there's a few too many problems, especially near the back half of the game, yeah. for me to give it uh, my highest recommendation. I okay. recommend three though. Play three. Uh, and of course I played Apex. I just, just so throw that in there. based on everything you just said, I just, just out of curiosity, are you saying that button mashing is bad? Yeah. Don't button mash. Evan, if I recall correctly, you wanted our podcast to be called something like button mash or something. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> so I was just throwing like goof names out there and, <laughs> Like this wasn't going to be the name because there was an old like games <laughs> game spot game show called button mashing. Yeah. Uh, and I was just throwing dumb names out there and that name came out. Uh, OK, I was just giving you a hard time. But hey, button mashing is bad. It's not the name of our podcast. It's, it's true. Don't, it's don't not button mash. It feels gross. <laughs> All right. Um, did you get a chance to play any division today? Uh, I. I I played like 20 minutes, if that. That's it? That's it. Oh. I, was bu- I was busy today. I probably only played maybe two hours, two and a half, somewhere in that neighborhood. I actually streamed it on my Twitch. Um, Yo, plug t- your Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Royal Square, or R0YAL Square. Um, the art of the plug. <clears throat> that's right. Uh, but yeah, check me out on Twitch. That's my uh, personal streaming. Um, and obviously we have our button key games Twitch as well. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, on to Division. Um, so I can't, I can't speak to the game a ton because again, two and a half hours in this game, that's, that's not much. Nothing. <sighs> but I, um, I do have a few things that I'd like to say about my first impressions in my first uh, couple of hours of the game. Um, one, the they made some small changes. Uh, so as far as how far I progressed, I didn't. I did. I got literally to the exact same mission that the beta ended at. So I haven't played anything I haven't played before. Um, but there are some changes to the full game. Not huge ones. Nothing big. But one of the biggest things that I noticed um, getting back into this game um, was the guns, man. So something about the beta, maybe it was just my experience because of the RNG experience, but like through the beta and even through the entire first game, really, I I never, it wasn't often that I got a gun in the first game, for example, that I was like, man, this gun is just, this gun is sweet. Like this feels so good. I'm so glad I got this. You know what I mean? That it, it happened occasionally, but it wasn't a very big margin of improvement. It was like, this is just a little bit better. Like the guns just weren't that varied. We're yeah. like, even in the beta, I kind of felt that way. But again, that may have been my RNG experience, but in the full game, 
I've gotten some sweet guns, dude. That like I'm in here, I'm wrecking house. And are they, it feels are they good. like like better as in just pure stats or better because they're dropping with uh abilities attached or with mods this, attached? This early I'm not getting any of that stuff. It's mainly okay. just pure stats, but like you know, I'm I'm over here getting a shotgun that one shots ninety percent of the enemies I'm coming across. Yeah. And it feels awesome. And it's got eight rounds in in the tube and it's great. Um and and then I get this single shot rifle, which um, I talked about it a bit on my stream. Um, but like even the the single shot rifle that I was using, I was I picked it up and I was like, I don't really like semi-auto stuff. Um, but I'll, I guess not single shot, but semi-auto. I was like, I don't really like semi-auto rifles in this game, but I'll just try this one out. And dude, it was it was nasty. It was like a three shot kill with a twenty one round mag, so I wow. could kill like seven people in one mag if I didn't miss. Um, and it just felt good. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And then I found even better guns even from then. And it just, it almost, destiny did a good job with that too. So just Mm -hmm. to talk about other looter shooters, but, um, this, this is better. This is closer, closer than any other looter shooter I've played. I think the way this felt, maybe this was just a random RNG experience. Maybe it's not how the game is designed. Maybe I just got lucky. I don't know. But the way this feels, is a lot closer to Borderlands because Borderlands was like the original looter shooter that yeah. like you got a new gun that was sweet. You got a lot of yeah. crappy guns too, but then, but you always came across that sweet gun where you're like, dude, this thing, this thing is awesome. And I feel so powerful and so awesome when I use it, man. You know what I'm talking about? I feel like we're, I feel like we're so far removed from Borderlands uh that it's it's harder for me to say but i feel like when you found a good gun you were like i know where i found this gun this gun's amazing and this is like my gun i'm the only one that has this gun nobody has a gun that's like mine uh and it's this awesome caustic shotgun it's this awesome yada yada yeah but something about the guns in borderlands like you'd get that sweet gun and you would just feel like uh, like the god of Pandora for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, you just feel so powerful. Eventually, it would catch up to you, as it should, so that you can experience that feeling all over again, right? I mean, um, But it was paced you, well. That's what it seems like a lot of... I think even the Division 1 probably suffered from this, too. It, they, don't, they don't follow the peaks and valleys of, yeah. of looter shooters. And like, that's what made Borderlands so good. Yeah, you want, and uh, I'd say this is for Diablo 3 as well. I don't know how much of Diablo 3 you've played, but uh, Diablo, of course, uh, of course, the big like looter franchise. Um, But you would just go and go and go and grind and grind and grind and you'd find something awesome. And then your character would spike in power uh, and you would just destroy things that were taking a couple seconds earlier. Yeah. Uh, But then when you went up a level or two, you'd fall back down that peak and then into that valley. And then that that hunger for the grind would start up again, and then you'd find something, and then you'd peak again. Yes, and I feel like even Destiny has suffered from that. Not yeah. as badly as the First Division, and neither one of those near as badly as Anthem. But that's something I feel like Borderlands was the first to do correctly, which they were really one of the first to do a, a looter shooter anyway. But there were like, I feel like there hasn't been a good like 
looter shooter that has done that right since then. And something about Division, again, maybe just a random RNG experience. I'll have to wait to really give a final decision on if this is really how the game's going to go. But it feels almost like they may have brought that back into the equation. And that alone has made me so much more excited for Division 2 than I even was. And we, we talked about this before because I personally wasn't super excited for Division 2. I wanted to play it. I think I knew it was going to be a good game. Like, yeah. really, I knew it was going to be a great game. Um, but at the same time, I'm less excited, just me personally, I'm less excited about the grounded world of Division than I was yeah. about the sci-fi world of Anthem. But yeah, the yeah. truth of the matter is, Anthem was a disappointment, and Division is shaping up to be amazing. But just the concept, the concept of Anthem excited me more than the concept of Division. Um, but that's just me personally. I know there's people out there who have the exact opposite feeling, where they're more excited about the grounded world of Division than the sci-fi world of Destiny or Anthem. But, <clears throat> but that was just me personally. But now that I'm getting in and playing it, I hope, I really do hope that they do that. Like you said, kind of those peaks and valleys um, of the progression and the, and the way, the RNG and the way you find guns. Because um, that, that's a fun experience. Yeah. That's a fun, like, power curve to the game. I'm with, I'm with you. Like I would prefer like fantasy style, sci-fi style looter shooter because you can go crazy and nuts with your guns. Yeah. Uh, like I think Borderlands really embraced what that was. And they were like, here's a gun that shoots swords. It literally just shoots swords. Did they actually have a gun that shot yeah, swords? Dude, there, I guess there I was, just never found that one. There I didn't was know a about DLC that. Uh, that was like Dungeons and Dragons themed. Oh, nice! And you found a uh, like an automatic rifle that shot swords that exploded. I forgot the exploded part. Um, and they kind of built affinities towards different types of guns, like Torgs exploded and Molly Wands had. Uh, uh, oh the Molly Wands were the they all had the elemental had the, effects. Yeah, the elementals. Yeah. Um, and these were ballistics and these were bursts and it really endeared you to that world and what you were picking up. And you kind of like, based on your play style, found yourself, uh, uh, going towards more brands over others. So you might've been a Molly Wan player and I might've liked Torg stuff or, or whatever. Um, but they, it was all about those Jacobs revolvers. Dude, those revolvers were dope. Oh yeah. Uh, I, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Borderlands in a minute. We'll get we'll get back to Borderlands. Little Trust Borderlands us. three teaser before the teaser. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited about Division. Everything I'm hearing about Division is very positive from people who generally aren't too positive on these types of games. Uh, so I'm a little worried because that's how Destiny two was, and then Destiny two kind of hit a hit a rough spot for me. Yeah. Um. So I'm hoping that this game kind of holds up the bargain probably that i have been holding like diablo 3 in borderlands up on this pedestal dude and i nothing, hope it turns out that this just wasn't a fluke and that that's actually how the game's going to play out i hope so too because i mean i'm excited about that that alone is going to keep me invested in this game longer than i thought i was going to be um and i don't know i'm just i'm excited that's awesome um a few other small things um they added a just a nice little touch um, when you like use one of your Q or E, I'm on PC, Q and E abilities, like your drone or your, uh, your pulse. So you can like see the enemies, um, your tactical abilities, whatever they call them. I can't remember. But when you use one, 
and it starts recharging, they actually added a little counter to it. So it actually counts down the seconds oh, really? in the box until oh, it's great. ready. So it's not just this meter that's kind of vague on how yeah, long it's going to be. That was one of the complaints I had. Yeah. And that's, and that's great. Um, and I don't know. That's just a small thing. But I'm, I'm excited uh, to get into more Division. And I'll have more to talk about next week uh, for sure. And all that post-launch content is coming out for free for everyone. Uh, yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I think this is maybe the first one of those types of games, save for Anthem, uh, I guess, to do that. Uh, they have a season's pass, but it seems irrelevant pretty much. I think it just gives you some of that content a little earlier it's like and maybe early, a few cosmetic extras. Yeah, it's like early access and like maybe a couple like small missions that from what I'm hearing will be irrelevant from the amount of stuff that's in this game. Yeah. Um. So it seems like they're they're trying to do it right. It seems like they'll have a loot box system, which is meh on a $60 game. We don't need that nonsense. Uh, boo loot boxes. Um, but other than that, uh, I hope, I hope that they tuned those numbers right. Cause it seems like that's what Anthem has done. Probably the most wrong, uh, is their loot number tuning, um, when it comes to fan yeah. engagement. But yeah, that's division. Uh, we're both excited about that. Uh, more about that next week, I assume. Yeah. Once we play deeper, uh, I'm going to start playing Sekiro shadows die twice next week yeah uh, which is kind of like the opposite of devil may cry 5 in a lot of ways so i'm i'm really on the fence about this game man mm -hmm. because i i struggled to get into dark souls okay um Why i did like you struggle i like what's there but i just i didn't feel like i had enough of a reason to put myself through that okay. like it just i i didn't feel like at least early you know in the i played for maybe six hours of the first one and then maybe an hour of the third one. I never even touched the second one. Um, but <clears throat> I got the third one from a hum humble bundle for free at one point. So I screwed around with it for a little bit or not for free, but part of their subscription. Um, but I don't know the first one I, I played that six hours and I just, it was cool. It was kind yeah. of fun that, then the save points taking forever was kind of inconvenient because I didn't always have a ton of time to sit down and play. Um, I get that that's part of the appeal, but um, I just didn't feel invested in the game yeah. in any way other than the six hours I spent. But like, I didn't, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like there was a reason to keep playing. I don't okay. know. Maybe that's, maybe that's vague, but I don't um, know. It so just didn't grab me. I think it's really the those, easy way to say that. I think one of those things that'll help grab you is this one actually has a laid out story. Yeah. Um you don't actually have to go and find what the heck the story of this world is. And I trust me, I've watched lore videos on Dark Souls and it is nuts how much lore is actually in that game. But lore and story aren't the same thing. It, no, it uh, sorry, excuse me, I didn't mean lore, I guess. There there's a lot of lore as the backdrop of this world, but it tells a story with its items and with its stuff in that world that kind of tells your through line through these games. Um, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, I, I want there to also be a story that's presented like to me, face, not one that I have story. to find, yeah. which I, that's I'd still consider that lore. Sure, there's stories in the lore, but that's not like the game doesn't have a, a story, really. You're just I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, yeah. So but something about Sekiro, like I've been hearing that it's kind of like maybe maybe a good game for someone who's interested in Dark Souls, but just couldn't 
click with it. I'm also really interested in the world of Sekiro. Um, I like I like the timeline and mm. I like the whole samurai. Isn't he like a samurai? Uh, he's like a shinobi. So that's right. Okay, so maybe not the same thing. Um, but I'm just interested in that. I think that's cool. Um, and I think you know a big factor in a game that whether or not it grabs me is is atmosphere and something about the atmosphere of souls didn't grab me and atmosphere is really important i mean you could even go into well that's a whole other thing but like the fallout games they're beloved Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. they're fun to play but i do not like the atmosphere so i just can't sit through um and and that's just a thing for me and i think the atmosphere of sekiro looks really appealing yeah. And that may be enough for me to get into this game, but I'm still just like very on the fence. Like, what if I buy it and I'm just not feeling it? Yeah. But um, I might just have to take the plunge and give it a shot. Uh, so I'm very much into these style of games, though I haven't uh, beaten enough of them. Um, this, is, I guess to make comparisons, this is like Bloodborne mixed with Neo. If you remember Neo from like two years back. Yeah, another uh, one I was interested in, but never pulled the trigger on. So Neo seems like way more hardcore than this one, just because it has a lot of like stances and chi that you have or key that you have to charge and all that stuff. Um, And that was definitely more along the Dark Souls path of things. This one seems to be more new player friendly, but it is not taking lightly the challenge that it's going to give you. Uh, So you play as uh, I think in the English version, they call him Wolf which I think is Sekiro in uh, Japanese as Wolf. But you play at, you're guarding like this young prince, like this young emperor prince, and something happens and you lose your arm and the prince gets taken. So now your whole, your whole mission is to get the prince back. Uh, so you wake up and somebody has given you an arm called the Shinobi prosthetic, I think. And it's pretty much, it pretty much gives you the ability to have different weapons, kind of like the devil breakers that we talked about last week for devil may cry. Yeah. Uh, but it will help you in combat against different people. So you can have an ax, which will break shields. So you don't have to worry about shield guys. Uh, it will have like a fire igniter so you can, uh, catch dudes on fire. Uh, if they're weak to fire. Uh, but I think the big draw of this game for me is, the way they're describing their combat and they describe their combat as shield, uh, swords clashing. So this game is very parry focused, which a lot of games have systems for it, but you don't have to go down that path if you don't want to. So you can be sword and shield and you don't have to do parries. You could be a very fast person and evade. Don't have to do parries. And this one you're parrying all the time. Uh, and Characters have like poise meters. So when you parry, you break down their poise. And then when their poise is all the way down, you can do a it's like a death a death blow, I think is what they call it. And it will kill people that are killable and it will take like chunks of health bars out of bosses. Um but it seems like it seems like very fast Dark Souls with a with a different aesthetic and an actual story. Uh, So if you're up for a challenge and it's not that the challenge of Dark Souls was too much, I would say that this seems like a probably a good jumping in point. Um, I I will have obviously more to say in the weeks to come because I haven't played it yet, but I'm excited to to get my hands on it. 
on Friday, I think, next Friday. Cool. Jordan. Yes. The hype train's leaving the station. Oh yeah? It's time to get to get our inner cores ready for a little game called Borderlands 3. Oh yeah. Borderlands 3. So the official Gearbox Twitter account tweeted out an image of like a desert road uh with like some desert style mountains in the background if I remember properly. But cell there's a road Yeah, it's cell shaded for sure. There's a oh, road yeah. sign which if you played Borderlands there were lots of like green road signs um on the highways and stuff of that game. And on the road sign is graffiti that says, I believe it says March 28th uh, is all it says. Oh, Boston, Boston, MA, March 28th. So that is the time of PAX in Boston. That is the place of PAX. And on the exit number, it's kind of cut off, but it's the exit number is three. So obviously the speculation is Borderlands 3 is coming. This is purely speculation. Yeah. But it's Borderlands 3. He- heavily implied. Heavily. Uh, if it's not, this is the biggest internet troll by your box. Troll, and I'm done until they officially announce Borderlands 3. If they do that, they won't do that. They're not. It's Borderlands 3. Yeah. It's happening. They're going to announce it at PAX. There were already rumors swirling that this was going to happen. Um,. I think Borderlands 3 is going to be a service-based game. A la You think so? A la Anthem, a la Destiny, a la Diablo. But do you think Gearbox is the type that's going to do that? Or are they going to say, no, we're kind of sticking with our formula because that's what our fans know and what our fans want? What do you think? Do you really think they're going to go live? Uh, games as a service? Borderlands 1, 2, and pre-sequel were practically games of service anyway. They did have DLC, but it wasn't the same. Like, the world didn't change. But it seems like... And it it wasn't shared world. A lot of games as a service are kind of a shared world. You're right. Um, Do you think they would do that? Do you think they'd go, like, kind of a shared world experience? I think they could. I think it could be interesting. The question is, in a world of monetization... Uh, gross monetization in a lot of cases can they avoid the the allure of doing a game like that and not saying like here's a bunch of loot boxes here's a bunch of this i mean it's it's all it's all a guess at this point i mean we have no idea um but i think i think it would be weird if the um the the proto looter shooter unless i'm missing some game that some people know about and then they'll yell at me uh unless they're missing that i think i think this the next step in this process is to say like all right let's show them how it's done we made the looter shooter everybody's been trying to do it uh as a live service and now we can do it better the ogs they they did it first uh yeah. not not to sound like they're the superior but when they were the inspiration there is no doubt when when destiny first started getting teased and stuff people were like so borderlands but space 
Oh, no doubt. Like when we saw Destiny gameplay for the first time, Borderlands is what I expected, which I think now don't get upset at me here. But I think that's why when I played D1, I was disappointed to no end because Mm -hmm. the loot system was nowhere near the caliber of Borderlands. Well, and they also built that up. They're like, each gun's going to be this amazing story of how you got the gun. And then it's like, no, the gun I'm using just popped out of that guy over there. Yeah, and I mean, it's some I know in D two I don't maybe they did in one maybe I didn't play enough because I was so unimpressed initially, um, and I never really played a lot of the later stuff with the Taken King and all that. So I know that was where all the good meaty stuff came in. Um, but I played a lot more Destiny two. But like I know in Destiny two they had like the guns did have lore attached mm-hmm. to them. But it's I mean I think the guns in Borderlands man there were so many guns the odds yeah. that you and your friends even found the same gun were so slim. It seemed uh, like unless th- it was legendaries and you farmed for them, yeah, yeah. which in that case, it, it wasn't too crazy, but it still took a ton of time. Um, you know, I, it was so unique. It was so good. I think if I wanted to see something worked on in the sequel, it's to have that same like number of guns. And this is like a weird ask, but to have like a uh, broader variety of gun bodies that kind of exist, because you know how you'd find like a gun that's like really different, but it all looked like the all the three shot bursts from this company look the same yeah uh, what, but those random attributes man the the attributes were good but i kind of i kind of want like a little a little bit more just like a little bit of like these guns have a little bit of extra flair to them uh, yeah and i think borderlands 2 did it better and i didn't care for the pre-sequel but so much yeah me um but i think if they added like a few more styles a few more variations i think they would nail that and now that I think about it, I think Destiny goes for a different style of grind than these other games do. I do too, but it, it's still what I naturally expected. I expected Borderlands, but like not well, cell shaded. They built it up that way. Yeah. Yeah, Bungie definitely were like, this and, is... And that left me in disappointment because that's not what it was. Yeah. Yeah, Bungie, Bungie just kind of, you like, you grind to get all the guns. Like, you grind to get all these legendary guns. Whereas I feel like Borderlands, I never really got to that point. Well, here's the difference. I mean, in Destiny, you know the name of all those guns. Yeah. In Borderlands, good luck. There was something like 7.5 million gun combinations for Borderlands 2. Good luck, dude. The the legendary drops had names, but that wasn't the point. It just seemed like you, you would play this game, you'd max out your character, and then you'd like play another tier level up you play another difficulty up you play another difficulty up kind of like the diablo style of like just playing through all of the the difficulty levels um and the grind was to become more powerful not just to get all the all the legendary weapons right which is and you felt that and you you every time you did get more powerful and the bosses Mm. the bosses in borderlands most of them were they were good that moth, that moth and rat. Moth yeah, yeah, okay. So not all of them were good, but like there was, they were always so huge. They you were know always what I mean? big. They were huge. And there was just something about it, man. It just, it just worked. I liked Borderlands so much. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that's come from it is good, you know, like Division mm. and Destiny. And, and they're good games, but they're not the same as that mm. was. There's something that Borderlands did so right that none of these games have grabbed. Um, they've branched off into something else. And if they if Gearbox can take this game and take all that good stuff that we've learned from games like Destiny and and Division and turn that in and mix it 
with the amazing RNG that was Borderlands and just the good power curve that they had in that game, it, it could just be it could be something really, really special. And I think I think Borderlands 2 was a lot of the way there in building this kind of like broader world, uh, not broader world, this uh, kind of supported world after launch with its DLCs. But they also added characters. They also added classes. Um, I think that I think the last step is they need to build like evolving worlds that grow as the game matures. Yeah. But that being said, March 28th. I will have my eyes glued to a computer screen for news. Hopefully a trailer for that would be nice. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say, but I mean, all signs point to a 2019 release. I say all signs. There are a few key important signs that really make me definitely think that we're going to get a 2019 release of Borderlands, probably late, late 2019. But I hope that is correct. Um, and I guess we will see. I'm in for it. Me too. I'm excited. Um, we also had the Inside Xbox uh, this past week uh, where they talked about a few different things. They added Minecraft to Game Pass. They have confirmed Master Chief Collection for the PC, which is something... You, I know you hate that so much. Dude, it is something that... It hits close. It hits close to the chest, man. It makes mm-hmm. me so happy in, in the best way. And they said I'm, they're I'm they so said they're excited. pretty much building from the ground up for PCs. Not like remaking the games, of course, but yeah, but not just not just doing a simple port job. So they're they also announced that they're going to be adding Halo Reach to the collection. Mm-hmm. Now multiplayer will be added to the collection, but single player and firefight will be a separate premium DLC that they that you have to purchase. Unless um, you, unless you're on Game Pass. Unless you're on Game Pass. Now here's my real question that they have not clarified as far as I can see. Will this be a play anywhere title? I hope so. But I would hope so. Will my Game Pass subscription include the Master Chief Collection? Now here's there's, the really big news here. Here's the really big news that no one expected. Is that the Master Chief Collection is not only coming to the Windows Store, is also coming to steam what a crazy world we live in what a crazy world do you do you think that they saw the nonsense that metro exodus got itself into and said like let's do the opposite nobody expected us to put it on the steam store nobody even asked us to put it on the steam store but what if we just put it on the steam store but dude it just goes along with everything that xbox has been doing with uh, the the rumors at least of Project X Cloud on the Switch and Xbox Live services on the Switch and the confirmation of Xbox Live services going for Android and iOS. And basically this this picture that we're getting of Microsoft saying, hey, look, play your games where you want to play them. We're going to bring Xbox to you. We're not going to make you come to Xbox. Sure, we're going to have those boxes if you want to buy the Xbox to play your Xbox content, but we're going to bring Xbox to you and where you play. And that putting us on Steam is just another one of those, another example of that. But especially in the PC crowd who can be super skeptical of everything. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is a, this was wildly unexpected and, uh, and very welcome. Um, however, if it is on game pass, I won't be using the steam version. <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens there. Um, so they're going to be re- releasing these as individual games. I'm a little confused. It seems like they haven't clarified pricing. So I don't know if you're going to buy the $60 master chief collection and get all the games. Or if you're going to buy Halo Reach and then you're going to buy 
Halo Combat Evolved and then you're going to buy Halo 2. Um, or it, and if they're going to do it that way, because I think I want to say I read something that said they were going to do it where you could purchase them individually. What That's are the crazy. prices going to be? I don't know. So that remains to be seen. We'll have to wait and see. It if it's on like Game Pass, then I'm not going to worry about it too much, but I still will fi- would like to know um, just for the sake of knowledge. Um, but yeah, that would be my guess too. Maybe like maybe twenty dollars, something like, like that. Twenty per. Yeah, but my hope is that it, it'll be on Game Pass. We won't have to worry about it. But regardless, even the Steam version is going to be using Xbox Live um, services for the online, mm. which is pretty pretty cool. Really? Um, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So you're going to be world, launching it on Steam and then signing into Xbox Live, um, just using Steam's client for your achievements. But you also guess, have your Xbox Live cool. achievements. I'm guessing maybe you'll get both achievements that's in there. I don't I don't really know how it's going to work, but it's it's interesting for sure. Um, but Reach is going to be released first because they're going to release them individually. Then you're going to get Combat Evolved and Halo 2. They're basically going chronological. Um, and this, so. this, is, this is officially the first time any of these versions of these games have been on, a, on the PC platform. Yeah. yeah. Because you officially. guys didn't get remastered for 1 and 2. No, we did not. Um, we did not. And, and Halo 3, we never got. Um, we did have Halo Online, which was not official um but and it was really multiplayer only but it was very very much halo 3 multiplayer um but we don't really have that option anymore you can't go download that anymore um but but man it's what an exciting time it's it's a really cool thing yeah for sure but but that's the master chief collection i could go on about it forever i'm excited don't know when it's coming no release date which is a bit of a bummer but it is what it is I'm, I'm, I'm glad to wait for it. I've already waited this long. So we also had um, the Phantom White controller. No, that controller looks sexy. It looks pretty cool. It looks pretty nice. The, the black one that was uh, translucent was like cool. But this one's like, oh, my God, that looks so good. So where's the, the Phantom gl- White Elite controller? Yeah, come on, please. Uh, speaking of the Elite controller, I broke my controller. You broke your Elite controller? Uh, this is some of the complaints that people have been having about the Elite controller. Uh, is that the bumpers will malfunction? Uh, because the piece that they are using is like one solid piece of plastic. So the plastic breaks uh, and makes the right bumper or left bumper inoperable. Uh, it's actually not a terribly difficult fix. Um, I just have to buy the parts for it. Yeah, thanks to the fact that the controller is like completely customizable yeah it's crazy but can't you just use the little paddles to replace the bumpers yeah but that's not always the best yeah um those are better for face buttons i guess devil, devil may cry did it in because that is very right bumper heavy game yeah and when you're very intense you kind of jam on it a little hard yeah and i picked it up one day and i was like that bumper doesn't feel right and then it fell off yeah but that's the phantom white controller it looks cool check it out um they also demonstrated project x cloud on stage on mm-hmm. a phone with mm-hmm. forza mm-hmm. and i believe this is the first time they've shown it um officially is that correct yeah, I, i'm pretty sure if 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 it was anything else it was like a very small glimpse of something but this they showed forza horizon 4 running on it looked like an android phone yeah running on a phone but this will this will be ios and android yeah uh because they're again saying like just bring us where you play but it it looks great and 
uh, really cool thing is they were using the Xbox One controller. Yep. Uh, um, I'm a bit curious. They showed the Xbox One controller what, on what appears to be an Android phone. Do you think they're going to be able to get that thing officially supported to work on an iOS device? If I'm not mistaken, the Xbox controller is just a Bluetooth controller in the end. Yeah, uh, but Apple has been very particular about their controllers that work on iOS. I'm pretty sure yeah. the Xbox controller worked on iOS, didn't it? Did it? I think so. Someone might have to fact check that. Is it on a jailbroken iPhone, possibly? Oh, maybe that's what it is. I feel like if they've gone this... Like, Apple's not in the game of selling controllers. So I feel like if they've gone this far, they will say, like, hey, you can use an Xbox controller on your iPhone. Yeah. I would hope, at least. Considering I have an iPhone. iOS has controllers that are specifically called MFI controllers. That's what they call them. And they're, like, specifically designed for iOS devices. Um, and I'm not sure if the Xbox One controller will work um on a non-jailbroken ios device currently now that's not to say that they couldn't partner with apple to create some kind of deal where they make that happen or they may even have to release a specific one for ios compatibility who knows Uh, where apple gets a portion because apple's always got to get their cut so who knows i'm not really sure how that's all going to work out um, if I'm wrong, let me know buttonkey.game buttonkey.game slash contact. But uh, from what I'm seeing, it appears that um, that that is not something that's going to work out of the box. Okay. At least in its current state. I'm sad. You can connect it, but it doesn't actually work. That's weird. Okay, sure. Uh, but yeah, they showed they showed a game running on a phone, and from what it appeared, it was running at. Uh, it was running well and it looked good. It looked like Forza Horizon 4 as if I were watching like a video on my phone or something. Um, it was hard to get uh, a feel for how the latency was just because she wasn't like very definite with her movements or anything. Uh, but yeah, Forza Horizon 4 was running on a cell phone. Yeah. And that's crazy. Yeah. Also, in the... In the world of game streaming, there is another pretty strong rumor buzzing around right now about Google. Google stream possibly announcing at GDC. At GDC, uh, I think they I think they released a teaser video about them announcing it at GDC. So, get ready for another player to enter the gaming market. I guess. Do you think there's now, room did, for another I, one? I mean, there's always room, right? I mean, we'll have to see how it goes, but I'm always welcome to something new. I would never want to stop innovation, you know, and competition oh, is good for innovation. Uh, so we'll just have to have to see how that plays out. Um, so this teaser you're talking about, I did not see that. Did it specify or is it more like... No, it was just like a teaser video. Just something to fire up the rumors even more. Yeah, it was one of those. I think okay. they're announcing this week. Uh, March 19th, March 19th at 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern is their their live conference. You can watch it online. Um, But yeah, you can check that out. uh, See what that's all about. I'm curious myself. So we'll have to see what happens because, I mean, Google, when it comes to network infrastructure, Google uh, got a little experience there. So I'm going to find like an old Apple II. And say, can you run Google stream? (laughs) Find a ColecoVision. And see yeah. if it'll run Google Stream. 
I don't think that's going to happen. No, I doubt it. I don't think so. Um, but still, exciting things. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, I think we touched on it earlier, but Xbox Live is officially coming to Android and iOS. Yeah. Uh, confirmed. Confirmed. Uh, they related it to what they've been doing with Minecraft on a bunch of platforms. Uh, and how they want their reach not to just be stuck on Xbox consoles. So they haven't announced any games for it or anything, but they, they've come out and officially said that uh, if developers choose, they can use Xbox Live functionality. So friends list uh, achievements, uh, capturing, I assume, a bunch of Xbox Live functionality that they have, clubs, all that stuff on ios or android um no word on the switch version but i have to look up the quote but somebody mentioned that they would be open to going on playstation 4 oh i'm sure i'm sure they would but that not that sony would allow that but yeah it's kind of but it begs the question are they really? Are they just saying that because they know Sony's going to say no and it's going to make you people know, upset? You know what? If Sony came to them and said, hey, we want to put we wanted to put Xbox Live on our ecosystem. I bet Microsoft would say yes. I bet you're right. You're Why probably not? right. Um, That's no loss yeah. to them. They're, yeah, they're, no not doubt. Le- they're making money. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of companies deciding to share their network infrastructure um, for multiplayer games. Steam has actually released their API um, for their online service that they use for CSGO and Dota, which features an end-to-end UDP encryption, which is basically simplified as a really good way to combat DDoS attacks that has been very effective in their games so that uh, other people out there who may not have the resources to do such can use it. Do you think all this... all? Not to not to just sound like Microsoft fanboys because we're obviously not. You're a you're a PC guy. Yeah. Uh, Which I mean, that's Windows. Not not to sound like an Xbox fanboy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did have a PlayStation before I had an Xbox. Yeah. This past um, generation. And like I said, I have everything, and I just want them all to be good. Except but for you, PC. Except for PC, I don't want PC <laughs> to be good. Uh, no, I mean you don't have PC. <laughs> And I don't want them to be good because I don't have one. So, yeah, okay. Uh, do you think that this rhetoric from Microsoft about opening up platforms to all gamers is? Do you think this is affecting other things like Steam, or do you it's think funny. This is it's funny? It's funny, dude, Steam because there's a parallel going on here. I don't it know is. if you see it, but there's a parallel between the Xbox and Sony stuff going on and what's starting to happen with yeah. Epic and Steam, and it's like. They're like, oh, Epic's gonna gonna piss people off and do all this stuff. Well, let's let's give people even more reasons to see Valve and Steam as someone they want to be a part of, something they want to be, um, you know, dedicated to and loyal to. Yeah. So it's it's cool stuff. I'm excited to see what happens. Um, it's really interesting. It's really it's really fun to watch. Uh, speaking of Valve, there was a game a while back called Left 4 Dead. And Left 4 Dead 2, uh, both great like games. I say that. Left 4 Dead. Yes. Left 4 Dead 2. Uh, both great games uh, made by 
the people who would go to make the studio Turtle Rock. Yeah. Uh, and then Turtle Rock went on to make Evolve, which was an asymmetrical multiplayer game, like 4v1 style. One person yeah. would play a monster, four people would play hunters. Uh, it was cool for what it was, but it never took off. I heard it was actually great. It just it just suffered from poor marketing yeah. and it just never had it, the player it never, base it should have. It never grabbed a community. Um but they're they're making a not left for dead game. They're making a game uh called uh Back for Blood. Yeah. And it's going to be like Left for Dead. But more. But not Left for Dead. But not Left for Dead. But zombies. And it's also back the number four with no yeah. spaces. Do you think there's going to so. be a zombie just holding four fingers up? No, they can't do that. <laughs> that's what that's what Left 4 Dead did. But it, it did they? Yeah, that's what they yeah. did. But but it's a close. It's definitely uh they're trying they're trying to say something here with this naming convention that they've picked up. They're really trying to drag people who want Left 4 Dead 3 and say, hey, we we made that game. The first two just come over here. We're making another one. Yeah, but I'm excited to see what that becomes. It it kind of seems like they're in the uh, the days of, hey, we're doing this. And yeah. but they're not in the days of we've actually started. Definitely in the you know, hey, look, hey, look at me phase. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they've really gotten to begin. So it's probably going to be a while before we actually see what this becomes. But do you think um, do you think Valve is just done with games? I don't know, man. I'm I know they, they have confirmed they're working on several triple A VR projects. Mm hmm. Um, but that's, that's even, venturing uh, into a new space, which is something yeah, like Valve. It's still games tends to do, but it is games. Um, um, there's actually I actually had this thought of probably not and probably will never happen. But, you know, back in the PC gaming days, Steam was just something you had to get to play Half-Life 2. What if you that's, had to get a VR headset to play Half-Life 3? That's exactly where I was going with that. What if? Probably not. Big reach. But it was a thought that I had a few months back. I was like, what if one of those big games they're working on is actually Half-Life 3 in VR only exclusive? Wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, Half-Life and Half-Life 2 were kind of this big step for, I guess, storytelling in, in shooters and physics in games, really, especially with Half-Life 2. Uh, the physics in that game were pretty much what that game was about. Yeah. Uh. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Valve to innovate again, but I just don't I don't think Half-Life 3 is ever going to happen. Probably not. In fact, I'm pretty sure they've said as much. So this is all pipe dreams. But um, uh, and now with Artifact, the Dota 2 card game just bombing out of existence. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, and the creator of that leaving. Uh, I think I think I saw the number of like 99 percent of the player base is gone. I mean, a big part of the problem with that game was that it wasn't free to play. It, I, yeah, it I was, feel like everyone expected it to be. And it was it weird monetization for sure. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I think that was a mistake. It just seems like Valve is like, we're going to focus on doing Steam and VR. So and, and, you know, I'm, I'm cool with that. I do want to see more Valve games, but, you know, it's been so long since we've seen like a big Valve game. It feels like what was the last big I, one that's not like Dota or Team uh, Fortress? Uh, CSGO. It might be CSGO. Maybe. I can't keep Portal track of that 2, timeline, maybe. man. Might be Portal 2. Maybe. It might be. Uh, was was that... Portal 2 was on the PlayStation 3. I think it might be Portal 2. 
So actually, CS:GO was after Portal Two. Okay. It was a, it was like a year later. So their so their last big single player game was Portal Two. Yeah. So it, Portal Two was kind of their last narrative, I suppose. That's in what 2011, 2012, 2011. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah. I I I think they're out of the single player at least. Games. I don't know, man. I, they I, they may have taken a hiatus, but. I, it's hard. It's hard to let go and actually say I think they're out for me. I think, but it could be true. Could just be me trying to deny the inevitable. But it's hard to say they're out. I, I still, I still have hope that there's going to be some good Valve narrative games coming, or some more narratives in the Portal universe, or or, or even in you know Half Life, or or even a new IP. I'd be open to it. Yeah, but uh, Back for Blood, it's coming eventually. Yeah, uh, from Turtle Rock. So that game will, will probably be fine. <laughs> it'll probably be a le- it'll probably be a Left 4 Dead game. Fine. Left 4 Dead's fine. Left 4 Dead is great, man. It's it's good. Okay, so the narrative may not be amazing. It's not some. It's, it's just, but as it's a co-op good. zombie shooter, yeah, that game is a blast, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's good. Okay, all right. I'm not gonna get into this with you right now. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Yeah, I am. What what is your problem with Left 4 Dead? I don't have a problem with Left 4 Dead. I think it's good. There's been a lot there's been a lot of people coming at me recently for thinking things are good instead of great and they get really upset at me. I thought but, Captain Marvel was I, good. You know, and you know I thought Avengers was good and you had a problem with that. I do, I do well, I do have a problem with that because Avengers is great. It's not great, but Infinity we're not going to Infinity War is the best. And Infinity War was really, really great. Speaking but of Avengers, the, the new Avengers very first Avengers movie, the very first, this is not a movie podcast, but the very first Avengers movie was not great. That's, that's false. But it doesn't matter no, it now not. because amazing. It was a crowd pleaser and it was good, but it was not great. False. I don't, th- I don't think it's in the upper echelon of Marvel movies. I think the ones that belong up there are Thor Ragnarok, Winter Soldier and Infinity War, but I think right, you know what. But but that's a di- that's a different topic for a different time. Left 4 Dead Two is great. Wait, be- before we go, the end game trailer is great. End game's gonna end game's gonna be great. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I think it is gonna be great too. But Avengers One was not great. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. Left 4 Dead is a great game. Pretty much like right on the cusp of amazing even. And I bet there are people out there who, who believe it's over the top of that. I think it's, it's, it's just, it's right there reaching to almost amazing. Left 4 Dead 2 and Left 4 Dead, amazing games. I just or never almost, had anybody. Almost amazing. Really I great. That was, I, Left 4 Dead was one of the first games I got when I got a 360. Uh, and I just didn't really have many people to play with. So I was not the... Well, the there's market. your problem. I was not it the market a for that game. game. But in my opinion, that, 100%. Means it, that means it's okay. It's good. Nah. It's good. All right. Sure. So, how was your beer? I finished it. It was good. And it was Christmas. That's, that's about all I got. Yeah? How was your Bach? <laughs> my, my Bach beer? Bach beer. It was actually pretty darn good. Yeah? I enjoyed it. Will Bready was a good word for for the way that it feel like you ate a loaf of bread over there. Yeah, <laughs> that's With, how uh, any beer should make you feel like you ate a loaf of bread. <laughs> yeah, 
it was good. I, I really liked it, actually. I'd, I'd definitely recommend it. It was uh, definitely like a, a full bready beer. That's a good way to put it. It was delicious. Well, good. We'll tell, we'll tell Devil Backbone you said so. We'll tell, we'll tell him. Devil, Devil's Backbone. I know Devil's Backbone personally. Well, I think that wraps it up for us, guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen to what we had to say. Um, we greatly appreciate it. If there is anything that we said incorrectly, and I'm sure there was, let us know at buttonkey.games slash contact. Um, you can submit a form there. Let us know what we did uh, incorrectly so we can correct it in the future. Um, also, follow us at buttonkeygames, uh, and I'm at Jordan Buttonkey. He is at Evan Buttonkey. Also, check out our Instagram at buttonkeygames. I feel like that's enough plugs for, uh, for this outro. but. Uh, We hope to see you again next week. Thanks again.